What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls, since you're number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about a little bit more of the fallout, a little bit more analysis from the Bulls win over the Boston Celtics. We're also going to get into some of the mindset around Bulls Nation on how this team should move going forward, some of the knee-jerk reaction type things from Bulls Nation. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, so the Bulls get a really big team win against the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Boston Celtics come into that game averaging the highest field goal percentage as a team at over 50%. The Chicago Bulls hold them to 37% overall shooting from the field, while themselves shooting the ball from the field 48% for the Chicago Bulls. Um, the Bulls just played a great team game. When you look at the defensive intensity that this team was able to come up with, and that's one of the more sustainable things is is the is because of the Bulls' depth, right? Yes, they're going to have to expend a lot of energy on the defensive side of the ball, and that may be harder when you're coming off back-to-backs in the fourth game and five nights and things like that. But the, if the Bulls are able to maintain this level of play, right, the level of focus on the defensive end, the Bulls are always going to find success, as well as adding off-the-ball movement for, from the players and ball movement in general. This team is better when the ball is moving around on the offensive end, and they're better when they're playing in the passing lanes and rotating on the defensive end. And as we see that continue to be a trend in the Bulls having success, even in some of the game, even in a couple of games that they had losses with, when they found some success in those games, they were doing these things. And moving Alex Caruso to the bench is going to be a big thing, and now he's back in his more natural role. But this Chicago Bulls team played Great. And I don't want to overlook how some of the improvements, and we're going to highlight some of the improvements that certain players are making on this team, right? Yes, DeMar gave us the 25 points on 10 for 17 shooting overall, five rebounds, five assists, one steal. DeMar was out there working. And the thing with DeMar is to, while he's still not the greatest one-on-one defender and he never will be, right? He's he's playing good in the team concept of defense. Now, I want to talk about the first player that I want to talk about and how they've improved the season and kind of nail some of this home is Nikola Vucevic right now is averaging 18.3 points per game. He's averaging 13 rebounds per game and right around three assists per game. And the reason why this is important is while some of the averages aren't considerably higher, it's the efficiency that Nikola Vucevic is doing this in. He is doing this at a 26 player efficiency rating. That is up eight points. From his efficiency rating of 18.27 last season, that puts him in at the, as the 26th highest PER in the league right now. Now, that's probably going to come down some, but the way that Nikola Vucevic is going about getting his points, the fact that he is working more from the inside out, his three-point shot still is not falling very well, but he's finding ways to be effective. There are times in this game where Nikola, the, the Bulls miss Nikola Vucevic about, on about three to five possessions of him having a smaller player on him. They just did not get him to the, get him the ball. But what Nikola Vucevic is doing is he is taking advantage of when he has the smaller players on there, even post-game, after the game, him saying that because of the Boston Celtics and how often they switch, he got the mismatch a lot of times, and we saw him take advantage of that. But with that imp- improved efficiency, his, his usage rate has actually gone up a little bit for the Chicago Bulls. When you look at his usage rate being uh, 28, that's up from the 23 last season. And usually, when you have a player whose who's usage rate goes up, the efficiency comes down. You're not seeing efficiency go up in the way that Nikola Vucevic is. He's also 54% true shooting um, this season so far. Huge. Assist ratio, 13.1. Vuce is having one of the most impactful, efficient seasons of his career. Yes, he's not averaging the 20, 24, 20 whatever points per game that he did at points in his career. But what Nikola Vucevic is doing 
is he's just playing good basketball. That's it. He's coming in. He's being smart. He's being intentional in the way that he operates in that low post, really allowing the Bulls. And, and with the thing is, with Vooch operating primarily in the post, and if when you add in that off-the-ball movement that we're seeing from this team when they're successful, it's a dangerous combo when you have a big man that's able to be that efficient, getting that number of rebounds, 10 offensive rebounds, by the way, for Nikola Vucevic in this game. It's going to make things really, really difficult for other teams, and I don't want that to go overlooked just how of, of an impactful season Nikola Vucevic is having in four games so far this season for the Chicago Bulls. Now, another player that I also want to highlight on this that is having a really great, efficient season as well is Ayo Desumu, who Ayo in this game, like giving 22 points, taking shooting extremely efficiently from the field. And the thing is with Ayo is that we're seeing Ayo now take shots confidently that he was passing up at times last season. As good as Ayo played last season, there were times absolutely where on the offensive end, he was just passing up shots in tough games, in close games. We're seeing Ayo Desumu not only step up in those moments, but he's having success in that. And that's nailed home by his improved efficiency as well. Ayo Desumu so far this season, 13 basically points uh, overall. He's 12.8, 13 points per game, 5.3 re rebounds, 2.8 assists. And he's doing all that on a PER of 16.5. His PER last season was 11.23. Having an increase of PER in five points is not easy. And I think sometimes it goes overlooked because he's making it look effortless out there. His usage rate has also gone up, gone up for him, which is natural now that he's the starting point guard. His true shooting percentage is 63%. A true shooting percentage of 63% is not easy. That's uh, Io's having a very intelligent season as well. The things that I want to see Io improve in, though, is the point guardsmanship. I want to see... Io, his playmaking isn't the best. There are times where he, uh, he he just doesn't make certain passes that like a Gorn would make or Alonzo would be able to make if he was out there. And that's fine. He's a completely different player. And I know some Bulls fans are having that mindset now that, hey, is Io going to stay the starter once Lonzo comes back? And I think for a little while there, right? But Io, even with his improved play, doesn't give you everything a healthy Lonzo ball does, but he does give you hell of a play. Hell of a play. He is playing really really good right now and i just don't want that to go overlooked in 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 just the, the the getting caught up in everything else on this team this team overall in this game the 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 way that the death by a thousand cuts style that they have the fact that they can go as deep on their bench as they can and they can just they can push the tempo push the 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 energy and 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 focus from this team and act the energy and activity from this team is just it's what's pushing the bulls over the top in a lot of these matches when you look at the Boston Celtics in this game, how they came out firing those three-pointers and doing it at a great rate. Well, they hit it at like an 80% rate in that first quarter. When they, As they started to come back down, as the Bulls started to defend the three a little bit better and started getting easy transition points themselves, when they started like just playing with that, with that energy, and part of the reason of, of that energy is the bringing in of Derrick Jones Jr. Shout out to Billy Donovan for using a player who many, many Bulls fans have asked, why isn't Derrick Jones Jr. playing? He fell out of favor last season. He hadn't looked the best in preseason, but Derrick Jones Jr. impact was felt. The 10 points he, he scored in that first half were all needed. It changed the outlook and the energy level of this team. He came in. He got some key rebounds. He made some key plays. Derrick Jones Jr., when he got in this game, you can tell he said, hey, listen, I got to make every, I got to make the most of every opportunity I get now because I know I'm not high on the, in the pecking order of this. 15 uh, minutes from him, Javante Green also chipping in the energy plays from Javante 
two rebounds, one steal, two blocks, only six points, but he did that on two for two from three-point range, shooting 100% from the field in this game. Andre Drummond as well. The rebounds that Andre Drummond got, 12 rebounds from him. Yeah, he was one for two from the field. He did some a little Andre Drummond things where it makes you a little concerned, but his play was solid overall. Then you're looking at Alex Caruso. Plus minus of plus 29. And the reason why I do use that plus minus when it comes to Alice Caruso is because it shows everything he does on the court because it's not always going to be the stats. Even though he did have three rebounds, four assists, two blocks in this game, two very key blocks, only two turnovers and seven points in this game, Alice Caruso showed up and gave the Bulls a lot of what they needed as well in, in this game. This was one of these games that you look at and you see if this team focuses on continuing to play with that ball movement, if they focus on continue giving that defensive energy, it's this is going to be a team that has to step it up defensively every time out. They can't take they can't take nights off defensively, especially when you're playing teams like the Boston Celtics. Like I said, the Boston Celtics coming in with the with the number one score in the league, with the number one free uh, field goal percentage as a team, and the 18th score in the league also uh, coming into last night with Jalen Brown. They forced Jason Tatum to go eight for 18 for 26 points. Not the worst efficiency, but again, not the output that we've been seeing from him this season. He also had eight rebounds, five assists. Jalen Brown though. Eight for 23 for only 23 shots to get 21 points. They frustrated him. Io Plate had some very good defensive possessions on um, Jalen Brown. So did Alice Caruso. They played very good defense in this game. And I do also don't want to go get it overstated for Coach Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan made some adjustments in this game. Going to the going to the energy level uh, with Derrick Jones Jr., trusting him to come in, even having the idea of going to him and seeing if he can make an impact. Using those minutes well with him and Javante Green, they just changed the outlook of the game. And Goran Dragic as well, plus minus of plus 21, two for seven only from the field, but he's three for four from the free throw line. He had six assists in this game, and he just managed this team very well. Now, two of the players that did not stand out in this, you notice that I didn't mention their names. One is Kobe White, only playing nine minutes in this game, only getting one shot up, not hitting that one shot. And this is the thing that I came into the season saying that the way that Billy Donovan manages these rotations is going to be something big to watch over the course of the season because, this, listen, there's only so many minutes to go, go around. Now that Zach Levine is back and, and it, it pushes Alex Caruso to the bench, you're looking at Alex and Goran Dragic really being your guards off the bench, especially if Kobe White is not playing well, right? And not that Kobe White played terribly or anything in this game. He just wasn't giving you what those other two players was were, were giving you. So it raises some questions on what's Kobe White's outlook going to be now on this team going forward with, the, with everyone being healthy minus Lonzo Ball. And while I still do think Kobe's absolutely going to have a role, he's still going to get looks, he's still going to get chances, he's still going to get opportunities because there's not a lot of players that offer the, the, the microwave ability that's a word, uh, that Kobe White does on the offensive end. And Kobe White has made some improvements this season as well. Some, he's, he's now giving you some things when the shot isn't falling. But in this game, he just didn't have the opportunity, especially when you have Javante Green and Derrick Jones Jr. and the energy that they brought in. It's just going to cut some minutes from other players on the bench. And that player in this case was Kobe White. Now, also, Patrick Williams only playing 15 minutes in this. And I know a lot of the Patrick uh, Williams deniers are going to say, oh, Pat P. Will pass. And it is passive P still all day, every day. But are going to say, hey, is P ask the natural question, is P. Will now going to come off the bench? I, I think, and I said this in the live last night, that we're going to see Patrick Williams used in the Keith Bogans role. He's going to start. He's going to start the game. He's going to get that first eight-minute stretch. He's going to come off. If Javante, Derrick Jones Jr. are playing well, he may not get back in that first half. He's going to start the second half, probably get another five to eight-minute stretch. And then if he's not given something, you bring in Javante, you bring in Derrick Jones Jr. 
I still think Billy Donovan is going to give Patrick Williams more starts just because I think that they're trying. When you look at this team, the first offensive possession for the Chicago Bulls was a play to Patrick Williams. The second one, also, they played through Patrick Williams and wasn't designed for him to score, but they played through Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams in this game, 15 minutes, two for seven um, shooting from the field. Again, he averages seven points, seven shots um, a, a game in his career, so that holds true there. He gives you three rebounds. The one offensive rebound he had, he put back up tough. That's what we need to see from Patrick Williams. He also had one block in this game. I already said it, four points. He had a, pl a negative uh, plus minus of negative nine. But with that being said, Patrick Williams did not play horribly out there. And I know some Bulls fans and the, only the, the box score watchers are going to say, oh, 15 minutes, four points, Pat Will played horribly. He didn't play terribly. He didn't play good. He didn't play great. And he damn sure wasn't bad either. It was a solid game from Patrick Williams, or so-so the solid game for Patrick Williams. And I hit it. As your number four pick, you want more, and rightfully so, we deserve more from Patrick Williams. But in this game, I think what he did defensively was solid. I think he played well defensively in his minutes out there, getting hands up, things like that. And hopefully this is a confidence builder. I do think that they're trying to build that, that, that confidence in P. Will. He's shown regression this season. There's no way around it. He's definitely shown regression. If they can get him back, like, and, and that does suck to say, as your fourth overall pick, they're just saying, let's get back to what you were doing your rookie year. But there's a chance of that, right? I do think that they're, I don't think they're going to move completely away from P. Will yet. I do think when, if you're getting, if, if this thing from Javante and Derrick Jones Jr. becomes consistent, you could see that happen down the road. And we'll, we'll continue to monitor it and see, but like Patrick Williams, passive P, he has to get it together. And like I keep saying, we can see it all day for, for, for P, but until passive P sees it himself, we're just, we're just, we're just talking, right? We're just talking. But 15 minutes in this game, the question remains, is he going to be the starting uh, power forward continue? Is he going to continue to be the starting power forward? I think he's still going to get some more starts, especially this week when you look at the way that we play. I think he is. I could be wrong in that. I'm not, there's not anything that I'm like nailing everything to that I'm just P. Willis for sure a starter. No, because like I've said before, as long as like Javante was playing like dog shit to the first three games of the season. He's come along more. If Javante and Derrick Jones Jr. are going to be playing with better and give you more energy, give you more athleticism, things like that, just more focus, then that's going to be what it's going to be for P-Will. And so as we, as we exit this game, just looking at some of the things the Bulls did that are sustainable in this game. Zach Levine also, want to mention him, 5 for 15 shooting. He was 3 for 5 from three-point range. He scored 19 points, two rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. He only had three turnovers as well. He had a positive plus minus of plus four. Zach is still seeming like he's filling it out, right? We still seeming like he's fill, he's filling it out so far um, this season. He does have an efficiency rating of twenty two point eight zero, so he's still been very efficient. But we do expect, and rightfully so, we need to see Zach Levine have bigger impacts on these games than what he's been having. We'll see if it comes along for 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 um, for Zach Levine. Um, it will. I, I, I trust that it will. Him and Demar, they're gonna they're gonna be a nice one two punch. But while we're getting the scoring like this from Vooch and the consistency and the efficiency. As long as we're getting efficiency like this from Io DeSumo, and then the, the, the death by a thousand cuts coming off the bench, this Chicago Bulls bench may be what pushes them into, into, into different uh, levels. Yes, it is more difficult to judge a team when everything hasn't come together. And while a lot of Bulls fans are trying to make this knee-jerk reaction in these judgments four games into the season on what the Bulls should do, and we're going to talk about that here in a second, the way that this team plays, the energy that we bring off the bench, the, the, the fact that you have a double-digit rebounder in the starting lineup and a double-digit rebounder coming off the bench, right, in, in these games is going to make it extremely difficult for a lot of teams in the NBA. It just is. Like, it's, like I said, the death by a thousand cuts because when you have rebounding like this throughout, it's, de it's, it's demoralizing for teams. If you miss a shot, 
Vooch or Drummond are more than likely going to get the rebound for that shot. You're not going to get a lot of sh- opportunities for second chance points with Vooch and Drummond playing the way they have on the rebounding end of the ball. And then you bring in Gorn and the way that he just settles that off, that, that offense in the second unit. The way that Gorn, I was really a Gorn Dragic doubter. And he has completely proved me wrong in these four games so far. And just the way he manages the game night in and night out, it's been beautiful to see. Um, just the way he manages these games. So the story's not written on these Chicago Bulls yet. For the, for us, the people who actually watch basketball a lot and don't just do these knee-jerk reaction storylines, we know you have teams that come into the season, they may start hot, they finish the season on a cold streak. You have teams that come in cold, they finish the season hot. You have teams that come in so-so and can steadily build over the course of the season and really hit their stride towards the end and the playoffs. You have teams that also just stay so-so or just stay bad all season. This, the story is not written on the Chicago Bulls team, and we have to stop as fans having these knee-jerk reactions. And that brings us into the next topic that we have for today is the mindset. I've kind of gotten the mindset of Bulls Nation down into three different categories with, with a little fourth one in there that I'll throw in at the end. And I want to talk about these and kind of break these down and why they have their positives, why they have their negatives, why sometimes we just need to shut the hell up as fans. But with that being said, the first one is the win now. Let's trade all the young pieces for pieces that are going to that's going to be veterans that we don't have to wait to develop. That is a mindset in this in this Bulls nation. And it's one that's understandable. When you have a player of Nikola Vucevic's age, when you have a player that DeMar DeRozan's age, when you have a player in Zach Levine who's 27, been in the league a long time, but again, you have him locked up through his prime, the mindset is how much longer can we wait on players like P. Will, players like Kobe? Dale and Terry, I think Bulls Nation is just wants to see more of right now. But you have the mindset of trade all the young players. Let's bring in some veterans who we know what we're going to get. And let's get to this championship level immediately. Now, where this has its faults at is that you could very well end up like the Lakers. You could trade pieces that could get you too close to a title. Probably not going to win you one. Could get you in title contention. But then as that fades off, you have no young talent to build off of. The Bulls have already given up a lot of draft capital. So, again, that's one of the mindsets. And, again, I understand some of the merits there. But I also think that we have to remember that AK and Eversley, their jobs aren't just three or four years. If you're a Bulls fan and you thought that AK coming in, we were going to be a championship team in three years, shout out to you and, and, and your uh, naivety because it just like, you, like you got to be naive as hell if you think that and you actually watch the NBA and how things break down. Not to say that it hasn't happened, right? There are teams that completely turn around their championship contending ship um, really quick, right? And they become these championship teams really quick, but it's not common in the NBA and it's usually not sustainable Either even look at the Boston Celtics for example the way that they came together with a Kevin Garnett Paul Pierce Ray Allen they won one title and then injuries things started plaguing them and they never were able to really they were still a really good team for a long time but never really able to get back to that mountaintop that's not what what AK and Eversley want they are trying to build something sustainable that lasts for years here in Chicago so again while this this mindset has its merits I don't think this is a likely one for the Chicago Bulls team the next one you have the blow it up and rebuild mindset. You have the fans that look at this Bulls core and you say, and they say, this core is only a second round exit at most, right? So let's blow it up. Let's trade tomorrow if we can. Let's trade Vooch if we can. Let's get more young talent back. Or, or some people want Jeremy Grant, which is fucking ridiculous. But they say that let's blow this up because this this team, as it's currently constructed, has a ceiling in the most hopeful of a second round exit. Again, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that fans have this mindset. And where this has its faults at, right? And the blow it up and rebuild is that how often is that successful? You you will find yourself in a steady blow it up and rebuild every three to five years 
if you don't weather the storm, if you don't have a plan, and sometimes I think as a Bulls nation, we're so used to having a front office in power that just did not have a solid plan throughout that we just, if we don't taste it immediately, it's like, oh, we just got to, we just got to do all the way with it. But you have that blow it up and rebuild. You have that. And that's kind of an in-between between like the people that want to see Kobe traded and all this. And considering how they're playing, it's not going to happen. But you have that, the complete blow it up, rebuild. Let's start all over because this team, the ceiling is not near a championship. So why are we wasting our time? Then you also have the mindset of the people that have, that, that want no changes or minor changes and let's see how this team looks when Lonzo Ball comes back. And this is the more realistic one, right? Because at the end of the day, this team has not yet hit their ceiling. Yes, we only brought, we, we, we've made very minor changes. But when you look at this team, like, we still haven't seen this team fully come together. It's four games into the season. And we have such a big piece and part of our team and our heart in Lonzo Ball returning midseason, whatever it ends up being, that, that mindset of having that mindset, let's not make any changes. Let's just wait to see what this team does until then. If they're a 500 team between now and when Lonzo Ball comes back, let's get Lonzo Ball geared back up and let's see what we do in the playoffs. That makes sense. This is, I think, the more realistic, right, mindset. And then you have that fourth, smaller mindset that I mentioned that you have the Bulls fans that are like, let's coach, let's cut Tony Bradley. Let's let's trade Kobe if we can. Let's think about cutting Marco Simonovic. Let's bring in Carmelo. Let's bring in Jay Crowder. Let's bring in this. That they just want to see, let's fill in some of the holes, the holes that we have of shooting, the holes that we have at the power forward position. And that too, I think has its merits as well. I'm looking at this team and I'm saying to myself, like moving Tony Bradley, which I do think is more than likely that they are going to waive Tony Bradley. It may not be immediately at the sixth game like some Bulls fans want. It may be closer to the trade deadline. It may be when they're monitoring the buyout market. It may be all these things. But adding to this team, continue adding to this core where we see that we have holes on, continue evaluating it, right? We're four games into the season and evaluation can't be done as much as some Bulls fans will have you believe that they have it all pegged out on what this team is capable of. It's going to take time, right? So to take that time, the first month, two months, whatever, of the season to really evaluate this team and then fill in the holes that you see this team has. One glaring hole seems like it's going to be the power forward position, right? Some depth and actual legitimate size there. We'll see how that turns out, right? But those are the kind of the mindsets. Again, not to say that all, one, one is more right than the other, but I think that's where we sit right now at, at Bulls Nation. And until the Bulls play consistently against good teams, the play that they had last night, a lot of Bulls fans, until we see that night in and night out of the team, this team developing that mob-type mentality, right, that we are just going to come out and we're going to get in dogfights and you're going, to have to, you're going to have to kill us to beat us. And then we have scores in DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, and Zach Levine that can get hot at any time if we do get into a dogfight defensively. It's going to take time for this team. And if it's nothing, the up and downness of these first four games should tell you guys, it's going to take time to evaluate. Let's stop trying to write the story on this team four games into the season. Let's stop having the knee-jerk reaction four games into the season. And let's take a look at what this team can develop. We've only had two games with Zach Levine and the Bulls. Look terrible in one, really good in the other. Let's continue to monitor it and see. I've said this before and I've been very vocal. We're going to know the story of this team the first month of the season. Let's wait and see what this first month holds for the Chicago Bulls. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls, see red. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.